Hello guys and welcome to episode 119 of the Worldwide Shelf podcast. It's your host Matt back again and I am joined by the wonderful Wayne Moulds back after months out. Um, might as well be an injury because obviously it's what Chelsea used to. Um, but Wayne, how are you doing my friend? I'm good. I had a good Christmas. Been busy working. That's from, that's why I haven't been on the podcast. So I hope everyone who's listening now, I hope they had a good Christmas. I hope they had a good New Year. I hope you're doing well. Um, obviously, I know, if you're listening about the men's, I, I know that's a sore subject, so we won't go into that. But when we get into the women's, that's a different kettle of fish, and we've got lots to talk about. Yes, we will save the men's for the next episode, which will come out at the same time as this, so don't worry. If you want to listen to negativity, you can listen to that one. Um, but we will talk about the wonderful Chelsea women uh, who are back after the winter break um, and faced Arsenal. You know, it's not easy. We're coming in, we're facing these big teams straight away. Uh, basically a big title-deciding effectively game because obviously it is very tight up there. Um, wins or draws like this can make all the difference. Um, 1-1 was the score in the end um, after a penalty. I can't remember who scored the penalty now for Arsenal, but I don't care because I was too busy raving about the penalty itself. Um, and Kerr equalising in the 89th minute for Chelsea to rescue the point a little bit after what was a bit of a dull performance, wasn't it, Wayne? Um, yeah, it's Kim Little who scored the penalty. Um, yeah, of course. <laughs> But no, it it wasn't our best performance, uh, for sure. Um, we did have issues uh, around the park. Obviously, we'll go into it individually. Um, but obviously, coming back from the winter break, always knew it wasn't going to be hitting it straight off. We've never done that with any game. Um, it was just unfortunate that we got Arsenal. If we had another team... Um, for example, maybe Leicester or Reading or something like that, uh, we might have got a result. Uh, a because they have no offense to the other teams, but with Arsenal, they're one of the top teams. You always knew it was going to be a hard game. Um, I think there's certain, I mean, we got gear that go into it, uh, certain individuals didn't play the best games um i obviously we haven't spoken but obviously we played well in the champions league um got the results to finish top was brilliant obviously draw will be coming out soon i believe we'll find out who we have um in the next round of the champions league um obviously since uh it went and break beth england uh, who's left us now? Uh, all the best for her going to Spurs. Hope she do, uh, does well just for what she's done for us. Is, uh, we appreciate it a lot. And she scored on her debut. So uh, good luck to her, um, obviously. And then for us, Leopold's, uh, Leopold's is back from her maternity leave. Uh, obviously, she didn't mind the squad against Arsenal, but she's training again. Um, so that's good news. Um, so yeah, and Charlie Wall goes back as well from uh, loans from Liverpool. 
Um, she's come back to jail, so I don't know if she's staying with us or not. I'm not sure. Um, so yeah, it's, it's quite a lot's been happening sort of through the football as well. So yeah, we, I, I think at the moment, I think there's a lot. We're just getting the rust off. I think we'll we'll get back into it. Unfortunately, we still haven't got any easy games coming up. Liverpool obviously beat us in the first game. And now we've got them in the Champions League at home time next weekend. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, so, yeah, is obviously I'll let you go into your run about it because I know you're more negative than me. Hey, so, I'm not, I, I might be more negative about the men's, but the women's, I'm all positive. I'm all positivity. I might yesterday when the messages I was getting... I, I, in game in, is different. Once you once you got calm and measured, Matt, you, you it's all positive. It's all positive. But anyway, um, yeah, I think it wasn't the best performance. Um, I don't think we played particularly well at all. Um, generally, um, until we made the changes, and Arsenal did sit back a little bit. Um, I think that wasn't so much of Arsenal's credit. Because um, I thought at times both teams were very poor. Um, I thought I think the thing that made the game not as good as it could have been was that both teams were just losing the ball in midfield too much. Um, a rare thing from Sophie Ingle to lose the ball as much as she did. Um, that was something I, I was just a bit shocked with uh, at times. But um, we did progress through the first half and there were scares. But at the same chi- time... While Arsenal had more chances in the first half, I think Lauren James's shot that just went past the post was probably the best chance of the first half, mm. and, and that came to us. So it was, it was almost like that bo- that typical World Championship boxing match where you're, it it's that first couple of rounds where there's a few jabs, but everyone's just trying they're trying to figure each other out, um, figure out what each team wants to do and that that's how the first half came out and even the second half was a little bit the same until obviously the penalty which we were um, discussing a little bit um, but it wasn't until Emma really started making them changes and really started going for it that I felt suddenly we clicked into gear and we really took it to Arsenal uh, and in the end I think we could have won it um, obviously Sam Kerr getting the goal um, never doubt Sam Kerr. I think there's been a few people in Chelsea women uh, debate uh, that have been doubting Sam a little bit. I think she's playing as she always does, but some of the fantastic goals that she was getting last season that you wouldn't expect her to get, she's just not getting now. Um, it's not so much of she's playing too poor. It's just so in terms of expected goals, they're where they should have been in the last two seasons. But... Um, Obviously, she's been scoring some wonderful goals um, to get to prop up her stats a little bit. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was an okay game. Um, at the end of the day, I think a draw suits us better than Arsenal. Um, I think we need to go into these next games and we need to win them because if we can beat Tottenham, if we can beat Liverpool, and then obviously we've, we've got United down the line um, as well. But if we can beat, if we can win them matches then it puts us into a better position to then just grind them, grind this league out again against smaller teams, especially when we're in, both of us are in Champions League um, matches. Um, 
that'll be the test of whose squad is better. And that's where I feel with the lack of, I know that, that there are good forwards outside of Mead and Warren Mead, but with that lack of forward line in Arsenal compared to a Chelsea, I feel that's where they might just fall short against the smaller teams. I think I think it won't be losses that Arsenal will rue. It's the draws. I think if you get a couple of them, smaller teams, the Evertons, the Brightons, um, that will grind out results and grind out draws, I think that's where Arsenal will suffer. Um, but it was it was an okay game. It was an okay game. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna um, say it was fantastic, and I'm not gonna say it was absolutely dreadful. But um, it was a game where we could have won it, we could have lost it, we could have drew it. Um, but that's what football is, isn't it, Wayne? Yeah, obviously you're correct uh, with some of it. I'm a bit worried with the forward line because obviously, if I know there's a lot now, a lot of responsibility on Sam. And you're right with there's too much uh, expectancy on her, um, but she does do a brilliant job. Um, I'm worried there's no backup on her now with Beth England not in the squad. there's no centre forwards exactly because I wouldn't put Frank Kirby or uh, Lauren James as a centre forward. Um, we're playing hard as well, out injured. Um, I'm I'm a bit worried in the, in that sense. Um, I don't know who's out there who we could get in to come who could come in and strengthen the side and and ease the rubby about that. Um, Obviously, yesterday, what we talked about Sophie Ingalls, she did lose the ball quite a bit. Um, she wasn't the only one, though, that was a bit of a surprise. It was Millie Bright as well, uh, I thought, was, didn't have a best game. Um, she was pan- very panicky, I thought, in um, in a, getting the ball away, I think. But she wasn't the only one, like I said. Um, all the back line didn't look, <clears throat> was a bit worrying Some, when they were playing the ball well. Um in the first half, I would say Lauren James and maybe Cuthbert was the only two people I looked at and thought did did well. Even though that Cuthbert made a mistake in the back pass when he cost us, um, I think she had uh, did bring the game back with because uh, uh, tenacity. That's one thing I think is a good thing for us. She's. She's like a what rider. She doesn't give up, and she loves a good, good uh, tackle and that. Um, she had a good um, fight with who did she have the fight with in midfield? Is that a, a, I can't remember who it was, but she was really having a big tussle, and I was going back and forth, back and mm-hmm. forth with each other. Um, and in the second half, I think we. Uh, we improved from the first half. Um, I think Whiten got on the ball more, but she didn't. She wasn't as clinical as she normally is. Um, I think Fleming. She. She did all right, but she didn't do all great. Um, and when we changed uh, some of the, some of the fielders, uh, like we brought on. Um, for Kirby, uh, we brought on yeah, Kangovic. Yeah, Kang- yeah, Kang- yeah, Kang- yeah, Kang- you had Perisic come on, and then you had um, 
I'm just gonna, uh, as as the fan cast called on, I'm just gonna call her JoJo because I'm not gonna mess up her name. Mm. And they they came on, and I think Perisic definitely uh, did brilliantly when she came on. I'm not gonna slag off Charles. I know she had a poor game, but Charles is one of my players that I really do enjoy watching when she's on on form because she's well she's always runs up and down, especially with her and James when they've hit in form, that side is really good. Um but yeah, Persis came on, she did brilliantly. But uh, I think the mid the the player who I think changed the game the most was uh, that kind of kind of I can't say her name probably. Yeah. She she that ball she played for Kerr was brilliant and she she's very um dynamic with her passes. And so yeah, it was really good to see. Um I'm just I'm glad we got the point. I was worried that we was gonna lose it. They didn't play great, like we said. They did have opportunities. I think Moose did save us a lot of times. Um but they wasn't clinical either. Um, it could be because, like you said, the injuries up front, and then they haven't got a strike force that they normally rely on. But well, it, it looked like both of you can see that both was trying to get back into the into the swing of things, and it's the first game back. You can see it from both teams; it weren't just us. Um, but what worries me is, like I said, it's the forward line because we haven't got that. Um, Depth, especially with Pinilla Hard out injured as well. Um, and you look at Kerr, we talk, we, you were talking about early on about Kerr, and she, the reason why she did so well beforehand was she was linking up with players like Kirby, England, Whiten, Harder. Those always fit, and those always round her, and those all linking up with her, and she had that backup, and G as well. But this year, the injuries. With Harder, Kirby, they uh, affected her uh, with the amount of opportunity she normally has to score more goals. And I think that's what people need to understand is she can only do it if she gets the ball played. And you look at yesterday, she was making a lot of runs and they weren't feeding her. Yeah, and, and I think there's a couple of times where it was just a little bit of a better ball. She's passed into Berger and she's put it in an empty net. Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, I think. I think we are. Um, I think we get. We're getting there. But I think people just need to look at it as a bigger picture. Um, I'd, obviously, I would like your opinion on this England, uh, signing England, and where you feel we should do next. Um, but I mean, I'm intrigued with what has, what's happening at the moment because. We've got the men's, <laughs> what I'm looking at, and I'm thinking just women, give some money to the women, let them spend whatever they need to spend to get that back up because we need support because otherwise I think that will be our downfall again this year. Yeah, I think... <sighs> I, I agree with your point. I think there has been that lack of cohesion because it seems whenever hard is out, Fran's okay, but then when Harder's okay, Fran goes out injured. Um, so there is that lack of cohesion. I think Sam Kerr is struggling with a little bit. Um, obviously, but currently the only constant is Gura Wrighton, um, which she's played well. Obviously, she didn't play that 
great yesterday and she is one of my favorites but um and i expect better from brighton but i i'm sure i'm sure that will come that might just be an off game for her um but yeah with bethany england i think i don't disagree with her going because if i'm if i'm honest i'm surprised she stayed as long as she did herself um i think tottenham is a good move for her um maybe could she have gone when united was sniffing around would that have been a better team for her considering United are a bit a better kind of set up in terms of going for the title at Tottenham, maybe. But Bethany England is going to get what she wants the most, and which is game time. Um, so I'm happy for her. In terms of Chelsea, I do think we need to get an option. I struggle to find out where that option is. I don't know who's available in January. Um, I don't think money is a problem because obviously we have got 250,000 from Bethany England, which is a lot of money in the women's game anyway. So we already have a decent proportion of money to spend on striker plus whatever extra we want to pull in, which I'm sure Todd Bowley won't uh, hesitate in adding a little bit more in. Um, but I just struggle to find the right option. I think it's wise that Chelsea take a little bit of time with this, but I'm sure that I, I trust Emma Hayes and I trust Chelsea to find the option. Um to pick, um, even if it is something where we go, right, Harder is back in a couple of months' time. Um, I, don't, I don't know when the actual injury is, co- the confirmed date is, but um, Harder will be back. Maybe we just settle without England for now, um, without a replacement for now, wait till Harder comes in, and then this is a summer thing that we look at. Um, I don't know what's going through Emma's head. Um, Potentially, the Charlotte Ward store thing is something that Emma's maybe looking at. Or can I can I play her in a little, in, in some games um, because she she was doing well at Liverpool, but she wasn't getting lots and lots of games at Liverpool. Um, I think when Liverpool fans have been talking about Charlotte, they wanted Charlotte to stay and they really like Charlotte and the team. Um, so I think she did have a decent enough loan spell while not getting lots of game time, um, which is always the thing that you need. Loan people need game time. And that's maybe why Chelsea recorded her back. But it'd just be interesting to see what um, Emma does. I don't really have many of the answers for it, but I do trust in Emma to figure out the right solution for this. Um, I just think it might be important, especially if we are chasing the uh, mighty Champions League trophy, um, that we potentially get a forward in for when we're in these big games and Sam Kerr's potentially not working and we do need to bring someone on to change it. Um but we'll have to see what happens with that. Um, and obviously, with going into kind of more players that obviously would, would potentially leave, we've got to look at potentially what happens with Harder, what happens with Ericsson. I think Ericsson, I think we're covered if she leaves. I think we will probably get a left back at some point. Um, and I think Ericsson is only playing left back because you can't really, you don't really want to drop Ericsson. But I think Buchanan is a natural replacement. You've still got Carter and New in in there so I think centre back you're covered if Ericsson goes but then you obviously need the left back which I think Chelsea will probably look at obviously I think Abdulina could get a loan out uh, to improve and then see how she is in the summer um, but we'll have to wait and see on that um, but Harder will be a big miss so I think it'll be a big summer in terms of trying to get forward another forward player in um, to supplement um, the already good forwards that we do have 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we get that um, Gepo uh, from PSG. I wouldn't be surprised if she comes in in the summer. Um, I agree with you. We need to. We do need um, to look at left back as well. Um, but what worries me at the moment is, like you said, I do trust in them Hayes, but we do need to make that a decision because as long as we wait, the less time we can make a deal um, to get someone in. And it that worries me because you look at Arsenal, yeah, they obviously needed to, but they're not hesitating making up getting the team sorted and they've got what five signings already so we need we do need to think about what we're doing yeah i'm, I'm sure emma hayes knows what she's doing i think she's i think it's it, it, it's it's good to be a bit careful with what you're doing especially when you know you've got two hundred fifty thousand pounds of beth england's money sitting there um ready to spend so i think certain clubs may be looking to fleece chelsea a little bit so i think Chelsea have got to be a bit more wise and maybe a bit more patient um, because they are Arsenal. I understand why they're being a bit more go for it because they are the chasing pack. They've got the pressure to chase Chelsea. Chelsea are on top, so you do have that natural complacency a little bit. Um, but uh, we've just got to make sure that we are making the right decision and not brushing into things. Um, I do think something will get done. Um so I think this will be a discussion in a couple of weeks that we'll be talking about our new striker or a new forward or whoever to come in. Um, in terms of the starting lineup, obviously we did play with a four at the back, obviously with Emma. It changes in terms of whether it's a 4-2-3-1, 4-3-3, 4-4-2. It changes every five minutes, so I'm not going to stick it down as one specific position. Obviously you had Zachira Musovic in goal, Ericsson, uh, Buchanan, Bright and Charles at the back, Ingle, Fleming and uh, Cuthbert in midfield uh, with James, um, Kerr and Wrighton up, up front. What was your first thoughts when you saw that lineup? Was you happy with the lineup? Um, was there any surprises for you in that lineup? I was, I was really happy with it. Um, support, two surprises maybe with Berger not playing. You were thought because she's supposed to be our number one. But Emma Hayes has proven before that she does swap them and they normally do work out. So I've got no qualms with that. I was saying um, to a few people, is that, is that, is that, is that trying, to give, uh, trying to persuade uh, Muzovic to sign new contracts? It could be. Because um, she is a really good keeper. Um, it's just unfortunately with, Ber- with Berger as well. They're both be number one keepers in any other team. Um, so we're quite fortunate in that sense. But, yeah, I think I think that could be the reason why she did play. And, but the other one was, obviously, there was a knock, they're saying, about Kirby. But I would have thought Kirby would have been in, uh, maybe for Fleming. Um, but, again, I weren't upset with it because if you think about it, Fleming's not been playing that bad. Um, and you wouldn't thought it would have been a bad option for the game. So, but like we said, the performance wasn't that great. But on paper, I wasn't disappointed with the lineup at all. 
Yeah, I think it's one of them things. I think Chelsea women, you're never really disappointed with the lineup because we've got such a good team that any lineup looks good on paper. Um, I wasn't surprised with Muzovic, and that's primarily based off her, me watching her performance live for the PSG game, which we'll get into a little bit later on. Um, she was fantastic in that, and I w- again, I, I'd like her to sign a contract because I think she is the future of Chelsea's goalkeeper situation, um, and she's fan- I think she's fantastic, as well as Berger, and it's a pleasure to have two good goalkeepers, um, and she proved it in the game that uh, Shira was absolutely fantastic. Um, again, I understand with the kind of Fleming Kirby, um, obviously I was shocked to not see her in the lineup. and then as soon as I heard she had a knock, I think with Kirby, she's had a few knocks this season. So I think it's it's best not to rush her in if she's not fully 100% there um, and let her come off the bench. Because, again, as we saw, she is good coming off the bench and providing an impact. Um, the one that I was kind of not shocked because it is something that's been chopping and challenging. Um, but I just personally prefer, and I know Wayne's not going to like me saying this, but I do prefer Perisay to Charles personally. Nothing against Charles. But I just think Perisay is the better player. And I was a bit kind of like, oh, when I saw Charles. And that's not to be rude on Charles. But I think it did prove a little bit in the game that it wasn't Charles's best game. Uh, I think she did struggle a little bit. Um, it almost reminded me a little bit of how Jess Carter was in the first game of the season last season. Not as bad because Carter last season was getting ripped uh from pillar to post last year's season, whereas Charles at least had something. But obviously, when it came to the penalty, she was it was it come from her side again. She was the one to concede it. Um, in hindsight, obviously, it's it's hard to say in hindsight. But would, I know you like Charles, so you're probably going to say no. Charles should have started. But was that one you was kind of arming and arming about Perisic, Charles? I can see the argument, of course. Um... There's no doubt Perzic has got a quality, especially with a dead ball situation and crosses. She is one of the, probably the best. Uh, her and White is probably the two best players we've got for that. Um, but I, I think how Charles was playing before the summer, uh, before sorry, the winter break, she was in form when she was playing really, really well. And she, and she looked, was probably one of the better players on the field in all, in all, and I think you can agree with me with that because she was bringing the performances against PSG. She was doing really well and Real Madrid, and she was doing really doing some really good jobs for us. Um, but I think yeah, she did struggle. Uh, she it wasn't her best game. Uh, she was tentative with some of the stuff, but I think. The reason I think it worked is with Charles in the back four, it works because of the speed going backwards. With Perisic, she's not that quick going backwards. And if you're playing the back three and putting Perisic right wing back, then I get the argument because I think Perisic, she's ideal for that situation. She's she's not quick, but she's got the same sort of dead ball as Reece James could have for us. So, yeah, I get the argument. Um, it could, like I said, I, I, I wouldn't 
be disappointed if that was if she was playing yesterday. I wouldn't have been disappointed. Of course, I wouldn't. Um, and Charles could easily be a forward lineup anyway. It's not like she's committed to one position on the field. She can play right back, left back, left right wing back, left wing back, and she can play in the forward line as well. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not disappointed, but. I can see the argument with it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it's just a bit of who, who in in some ways they're so it's so tight between the two. It's which player you prefer, which players on form at the time. Which I, I completely agree with you. Charles was on form um, before the Christmas break, and I think Perisay was also doing quite well uh, before the Christmas break. So I think it's hard to pick between the two, but that is the. That is the life at Chelsea Women's. No one is comfortable. Um, but we're so, we're talking about these two players, and they're great. But we're forgetting Carter can play there. Yeah, Mialda can play there. It's, we, we've got we're so it amazes me how stacked we are at right back. And then you look at left back, and we've just got Alsu Abdelino, who is more of a wing back than a left back. And you're just like, okay, we're just shoehorning Her- Ericsson in a little bit. But it is it is what it is. Um, I think it will change next season. I think while this is a fantastic team, I think we're still in a bit not transition, but in terms of transition, as we're a poor team going back to a good team. But we're in that transition between what Emma Hayes wants us to be next. I think we've started that this summer with all the signings we've made, and then I think this summer we'll see what this new generation of Emma Hayes team is going to be. Um, once we get the final piece of the jigsaw. Um, but going into the game and a big moment that has been ravaging through social media between Arsenal and Chelsea fans was the penalty, or non-penalty as I like to call it, um, that Arsenal scored uh, and got. Um, I think both me and you were in no doubts to say that it was a foul, but was it, but the question was, was it inside the box or was it outside the box? For me, and this is me coming from a referee background, uh, and I don't like to slag off referees too much um, unless they, are, unless it is warranted. And in this case, I think it is because one, the referee is in the perfect position to see if it's in or out the in the box. I have no problems with the lines lines woman because she's on the other side. She's no hope of seeing it at all but the referees in a good position to spot it and it's not like it's one of their ones where it starts outside the area and goes into the area and then the person goes down it's one of them ones the contact is made and she's falling outside the area and falls kind of into the area it the the foul is made completely outside the area easily a yard or two outside the area um and I think it is just another one of them poor decisions um, that I think if, now obviously it is if and buts because it's not in the game, but if VR was in the game, I believe that would have been overturned. Um, Wayne, what, what, what did you think of that whole call? Um, would you blame the referee as such or is it an easy mistake to miss? I am not going to blame the referee because it was going fast and it wasn't penalty, it was outside. Um, and obviously, with the way she fell, it did look 
quite close to the line and if it could have been. And if you look at the referee, yes, she was in good position, but while it was going on, she's had to make a quick decision because, like you said, there's no VAR. She didn't have any help from a, a linesman because she was over the other side, so she's not got to look through all these players to see. Um, so, yeah, I, I get it. I get her decision, but it wasn't a penalty. And like Emma Hayes said, yeah, VAR should be in the women's game. I don't, I think they need to find a complement to it, like in games where it should be played and maybe not, because obviously I don't think it can suit every great ground that there is, because obviously I'm not, conf- I'm not, technical with all that stuff but I presume they need certain stuff for VAR to work um, at different grounds um, but yes it, it does need to be in the women's game I'm not sure if it's in other women's games in the world but if it's good, if we want and we do think it deserves to be Women's Super League deserves to be up there as one of the main main ones that need we need VAR as well because decisions like that does it let it does let it down um and I think we deserve to get for for the women's supporters like me and you and the others who listens to this it it does take it out of the game where that sort of decision is it could it could be a free kick. They might have scored, and it'd be yeah, fine. But they might have not have scored, and then if Sam Kerr did score like we did, and we got the three points, and look at the end of the season, the two points we didn't get might be what makes us win the league. Yeah, you're you're completely right in that respect. Um, I do think I understand that you can't. It's hard. It's very hard to get VAR in somewhere like Boreham Wood, in some of the other smaller grounds um, in the country, and that's maybe something to talk about, especially with finance-wise. Surely the FA, because it is the FA that run the Super League. I know it's sponsored by Barclays and um, sponsored by other people, but the FA run it. There's enough money in the FA coffers to say we'll take the cost of running VAR for you so we can have at least VAR in the Super League. Whether it, obviously, the championship, that's a different question because not all teams are professional, so I I just don't think you can have VAR in the championship. But when it comes to the Super League, which every team is professional in its own right, you should be having VAR in every... and, And at least in the games where you're... In men, you're you're literally in the Emirates. You have the VAR equipment there, ready to use, and you don't use it. That's where I kind of don't understand it. You've got Leicester who play in the King Power Stadium every every game. They have the equipment there already. So, and it's stuff places like Manchester Manchester City's Youth Academy Stadium also have the equipment there. Um, available um, so it's and you you places like Kings Meadow can adapt and 
put the equipment in place um, potentially. And United as well. Man United should be able to do it. And especially now we want to play more and more games in the bigger stadiums. I don't see why we don't use the VAR, the VAR when we have it. Um, obviously, it brings in the question of, well, this game can be reviewed, but this game can't. But it's a start, and then you can bring it into the rest of the teams and the rest of the stadiums. But I do think it is needed because, as you said, we want we want the women's league to be a big league and more and more people tune into it. And I think it's 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 stuff like this where people go, oh, but women's don't even have VAR, women's don't even have this, and that's when you get the the um, idiots that will just start slagging off the women's game at every point. But in the kind inside the whole arrogance and ignorance part, they do have a little point that we, the women's game should have VAR by now. Um, as especially the game's improving and more people are coming to the stadiums, you're 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 going in bigger stadiums, which we'll get into the discussion of the big big me- mega stadiums um, in Chelsea's point of view. Um, but I, I just don't see why it shouldn't be made. Um, but there you go. Um, it is what it is. Um, the next part we'll talk about is a player that came on, as you said, um, and inspired the win. We won't talk about Kerr's goal too much because it was one of them goals. You put it on Kerr's head like that, she's going to score it. You, you give her that opportunity, she's never going to miss. But um, Jelena Kankovic comes on once again for, I think, the fourth or fifth time now that she's come on and she's completely changed the game um, and completely brought a new spirit and new light into this team with her playmaking ability. Um, Wayne, do you think it's time to ha- that we should have this discussion of should Kankovic potentially start a lot more games, especially with Fleming while she's been OK this season? I don't think she's been up to her best consistently. Um, with Fran Kirby being in and out due to injury, do you think this is an opportunity for Kankovic to really s- cement a place in this team, starting lineup? Well, the last, before the Arsenal game, the last Super League game she started, she scored two goals. And we won 3-2, I think it was. Um, and she's started the PSG game and she did really well, I think, when you was there. Um, she's. I think she deserves the opportunity. I think obviously, start of season, she didn't really get a lot of game time. Then she got injured, that kept her out for a while. But since she's been back, she's been doing really well. Yes, I think she's in the in the mix. But if Kirby's fit, I think fortunately Kirby will be in there no matter what because she's it's Kirby. Perhaps she's a top scorer for Chelsea women. She's a different maker, but she is in the in the talk. You could play instead of Ingle and put Carpet there. There's there's other ways of playing her, so it's not like she's got to play where Kirby plays or Fleming. So yeah, she's in the in the speed uh, in the talk. She probably might start even against Liverpool. So yeah, uh, I think she's doing really well. I think she brings something different. Um, she's got experience on her as well. So it's not like she's one of the youngsters because she's still young, but she's got a lot of experience. Um, she was an unknown quantity when she came in, but she's proven 
that she's got a lot of um, nous about her and how to play, when to play the balls and how to, to calm things in that midfield as well. So yeah, I'm 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 really looking forward to what she brings. Yeah, definitely. And and do you think there is a bit of a case as well that she might just also be a good option off the bench because sometimes you do need them options off the bench um, to come on and change a game. Do you think that could be her role uh, as well within this team? Yeah, well, if you look at the forward lineup, if you look, for example, yesterday on the bench, all we had for the forward lineup on the bench was Kirby, JoJo, and that was it. If you look at it, in the, in the, if you be sensible about it, that's all we had. Then we had midfield and defences on the bench. So yeah, she, I think that could be a um, turning point that she could be one of those. Um, we have to wait, obviously, wait and see. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you in that sense that she could be a bench player that come on and changes the game and helps us that in that way. Yeah, I, I think she's she's a wonderful player. Um, and as I've when I've seen her in the flesh, she's looked fantastic. When I've seen her on TV, she's looked fantastic. Um, so I'm excited to see what she brings. Um, a couple more topics before we do finish. Um, obviously, we will speak about the game we had before Christmas um, as our last game because I managed to finally see Chelsea women live in the flesh, which was a long time coming. I've been waiting to get to a game. Um, and obviously, it being Stamford Bridge, easy to get to and was uh, lovely to go watch. Uh, obviously, a fantastic match. Chelsea women winning 3-0 against PSG to top the group. Uh, something that we wish we did last year, didn't we, Wayne? I'm not going to talk about last year, thank you. Yeah, we should get out of that then, um, But I want to talk, obviously the game was fantastic and it, we, we, it's been t- spoke about by other channels uh, quite a lot, so we'll, we won't speak too much on the game. But the topic I want to bring to the discussion is this idea of obviously having women's games in the men's stadium, Stamford Bridge, Old Trafford, Etihad, the Emirates, etc. Obviously, I believe the Champions League games, all knockout games, are in every men's stadium of the club that's playing. Um, and then I think the WSL, certain games will be played in them stadiums. Um, obviously, two games we've had at Stamford Bridge so far. Um, we had 24,000 uh, at Tottenham, even though we sold 39,000 tickets, which I just find amusing that 15,000 people didn't turn up, but there you go. Um, and it was just over 10,000 um, for the game at PSG, which it's a Thursday night just before Christmas. I don't think there was expecting to be lots and lots of crowds. Um, but what do you think of the Chelsea women playing in Stamford Bridge, do you think it's 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 good or do you think it's a step too far considering we seem not to be able to fill it unlike a Barcelona, a Juventus that have previously played games in their men's stadiums and filled the capacity right up? See, I, I believe we should because if you look at, if we're going to, Look at it, and I'm going to ask you questions. I need you to give me answers because you would know more than me. But 
How big is Kings Meadow if we filled it up? I think it's capacity's three and a half thousand. And then if you look at Man City's uh, stadium, how how big is that? As in the youth academy said, the academy yeah. stadium. I don't know that off the heart. I'm just going to check now while you're. And what do you know? The main United one. Uh, the stadium's not very big at all. Um, that's about. I think the main United one's a couple thousand, not much more. I think the academy stadium at City's five thousand. Okay. Um, and so you look at their look at their stadiums. Um, you look at then you look at Aston Villa. Uh, they've got Walsall. I think they and that's a good couple of thousand. Um, Obviously, Bournemouth, I don't think it's many. Um, so, yeah, you look at other stadiums and you look what they could do. I get, I do get it. But more fans that go and watch Chelsea women or the opportunity for them to go, because, yes, I love Kittens Meadow. And obviously, it's a local for me. Um, but it needs to be bigger for Chelsea women. It needs to be bigger for the women in general. You look at the Euros, how many fans turned up for the Euro final and stuff like that. It is, it, we can do it in this country. I think it needs to be sold better. I think there needs to be maybe prices, need to look at the prices and stuff like that. But we need opportunities for the women to play at bigger stages more often than we have. Um, I like the women, the finals for the women's like FA Cup, and that needs to be at Wembley. I truly do believe that. Um, it, it, it needs an opportunity to be at the bigger stadiums, uh, just for the game, the game to grow. Um, it ain't just for the Chelsea, like I said, Chelsea's one of them. But I'm looking at every team in in the women's Super League because, yes, if you look at when we had Bristol City in the league and we had other teams in the league that wasn't up to scratch stadium wise and even the stadiums that we did play at wasn't great. Uh, I fully respect that but we're going in a different way in different direction. You see the bigger teams are making the opportunities now and going up and going forward and having having that and it's, it's it means a lot to the fans in general, like myself and you, who do believe in the women's game and believe in in what they can achieve, it is something that needs to be looked at. Um, I'm glad that more this year, I think we played more at Stamford Bridge than we have done in the last few years. So I'm glad we are doing that and hope we are playing more games this year at Stamford Bridge for the women's. And I hope the Chelsea women supporters do turn up and even the men's. I want them to come and support the women's because they deserve it. Um, I think the youth is a different kettle of fish. I think the youth, I think at the moment, Kings Meadow is, is there and maybe here and there for Stanford Bridge, but the women's, I think, needs to be more, especially for the bigger games. Um, and I was a bit disappointed with the, like we, we spoke about, the fans not turning up, but it is one of those things, but it's better than nothing. It could, we could easily had under 2,000 fans turn up at Stanford Bridge and then you're looking at it and saying, what's the point? But because it is 24, 
and it is 10, like we said, 10,000, it's a different kettle fish. At least we're getting more fans there and they're getting more opportunities to watch the games, you know what I mean? So, I, I look at it that way and I think, yeah, it's a positive. Yeah, I think it's a thing, because I, 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 I was having a debate with someone else about the prices, um, because the prices aren't spent, I mean, I paid nine quid for a ticket, so my my ticket for the game was cheaper than what I paid for traveling. Um, I don't think a price is really a problem. And anything someone was having a discussion with me was, is the price so is so small that, for example, this the Sunday, the the game, the Tottenham game, where loads of people didn't bought tickets and didn't turn up, is it a thing of? People buy tickets because it's out nine quid. So if, if I can't go, if it's if it's a bit rainy or I haven't got the motivation to do it, I've, I've got something busy to do before. It's it's all right. It's only nine quid. It's not it's not it's not a waste. Whereas if it's a bit more expensive, then people are more likely to have the motivation to go. But I I understand that it's a very tight thing to do whether to uh, charge more or charge less for it because. It'll it'll dampen the club. I think that I was all right with the Tottenham one because at the end of the day, you've sold thirty nine thousand tickets. That's thirty nine thousand pounds of month, uh, uh, th- lots of money going into Chelsea Women's. Um, if you don't turn up, you don't turn up. It's disappointing because in an atmosphere sense, it does dampen it a little bit. But um, at least we could, at least we have the capacity to sell it out. But, um, I do think for the Champions League game, especially where they're on a Thursday night at eight o'clock, it's not. Especially for the ch- type of fans that go to Chelsea women's games, it is a, fa- a family type of thing. Thursday night at eight o'clock is not convenient for any uh, child or family uh, to go watch a game. Um, I, I think we do need to be a bit more careful with it, um, and I do understand that point as well. Of course, Ch- Chelsea women do have a good home and away um support wherever we go even european nights people will go in um whereas there are obviously other teams um your leicesters your leicesters for example um that don't really don't really have a support don't really there's not really support from the fans there's not really much effort from the club i think chelsea women they do their absolute best. They post it. They're posting it all over social media. They're posting adverts during the Stamford Bridge games, the men's games. There's so much that they do for Chelsea women's to try and get as much people on 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 the seats as they can. But I think it's it's just an issue that I don't think everyone's up into the same levels. Um, and the worry is you don't want to rush it too early. Um, what I think personally, and this is something that other people have discussed. Um, and it would be quite funny for AFC Wimbledon that we keep jumping stadiums. But Plough Lane, um, which obviously is not far away from um, Kings Meadow in general, um, but that hosts just under 10,000. Um, would there be a better fit? Would it be better to potentially move from Kings Meadow, which is sold out every week now? We, 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 in a way, have we outgrown Kings Meadow a little bit in the women's? Would it be best to play at Plough Lane, get 10,000 potentially in there every week, and then that's when we can start making the jump to the 42,000 Stamford Bridge or, in well, in the future, a 60,000 Stamford Bridge once the stadium's redeveloped? Um, 
I just think the problem is, and especially going as a fan to the game, the atmosphere was completely just gone. Um, it, there was some stands singing and the other stand was singing different things, um, which at Kings Meadow is it's usually all in quite good unison. Um, and there wasn't no one, everyone was kind of separated. Uh, the usuals, the usual season ticket holders at Kings Meadow were all in different seats. And it did feel a bit alien uh, for some people. Um, so I do. What 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 do you think? Would it? Do you think it'd be better to maybe s- progress yourself slowly into well into Plough Lane and then into Stamford Bridge eventually? Um, definitely. I wouldn't say. I would say no. I think Kings Meadows now home. I don't see. I don't see why we should change it. It's a fortress. Um, obviously, I was fortunate. Um, it was around the corner from where I live before Kings Meadow, uh, Kings Meadow, as you know, um, at, at Staines. Um, and now at Kings Meadow, I think it's more at home. Um, I don't, I just don't want it to change. I, uh, I think if we, I get the overgrown part, but. Chelsea's have been given the pitch their own uh, part of the pitch um, they've done a lot of stuff for the ground as well and you look at it's not a bad ground it's not like it's uh, if you look if you have you been to Kings Meadow Matt I've not had the pleasure to go to Kings Meadow yet but you wouldn't if you went there you wouldn't think it is a bad uh, Stadium for what it is, it was. It looks much better, and you feel better in it, and it does feel more of a bigger stadium than it is because of the Chelsea and what they do. So I wouldn't change. Yeah, I just, I just think it would. It is, it is quite a big jump to go from two thousand because if I, if you have, if you can get ten thousand loyal at Plough Lane. Then that means when you again move into Stamford Bridge, you have at least ten thousand loyal potentially at Stamford Bridge, plus the add-on extras of the. I'm not going to call them tourist fans because they are the men's supporters, but the men's got finally coming over to have a tourist game at the women's because that's effectively what it is. Unfortunately, um, you wish you, uh, I, I don't understand it. You get I've been mean, getting a few prop uh, of the proper Chelsea type people that go to the men's games every time. Moaning at me saying I'm not a proper Chelsea because I don't support particular players, but then they ignore a whole women's the whole women's team, which just makes me laugh. But um, there you go. It is it is what it is. Hopefully, I I wish we could fill out stadiums, um, and that's why I, I credit Barcelona, I credit Juventus for um, filling their stadiums out. I know Barcelona effectively is a tourist destination in, in a way, so you. You get people going to the Camp Nou no matter what game it is, but I think that's what we need to try and strive to. Um, I don't think there's too much of an excuse from Chelsea because we are a winning team. We are a good team to watch. Um, as I said, the England women, uh, I'm going to the uh, game against Brazil in April to Felicima. That is now sold out, Wembley. So I don't. I think we need to start selling them out. Uh, and Chelsea fans, men's fans this is where I'm turning to you guys 
when the game's on Stamford Bridge, come. It's only nine quid. As I said, it's less than your train travel if you're going in by train. It's a very good standard of game to watch now. You enjoy yourself uh, and the players are very community feeling. They're, they're, they're very, they're very much, they'll, they come and sign autographs. They'll come and say hello to you. They, they'll come and have a chat. Unlike the men's players, I won't even clap at you a, half, a full time nowadays. Um, so guys, please, next match, which I think the next Stamford Bridge match, is there one soon or is it the next Champions League match at Stamford Bridge? I am not sure. Because I couldn't remember if any, because I know obviously we've got a few big games coming up, but I think they're mostly away. Maybe the Man United game, but that's 12th of March. We might play Champions League by then, um, but we'll have to wait and see anyway. Um, so that is the end of what has been another wonderful podcast uh, about our wonderful Chelsea women. Um, Wayne, I'd like to thank you for coming on. Always a pleasure, guys. And like I say, keep on supporting the club. Uh, through this uh, mixed motions of the both sides, <laughs> but um, yeah, thank you again for letting me on. Um, it's good to be back, and uh, I hopefully I'll be doing it more regularly with you guys soon. But wait and see. <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll definitely get um, this out. We we'll get 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 the women's back more often. Um, we'll try our best. Obviously, it's very busy with worldwide Chelsea. We've got a lot of new stuff coming on we've just hit 30k on the youtube channel which is fantastic so make sure you go give stick uh congratulations for that and we've got new stuff we've got merch coming out we've got a new website coming out so we're very we've been very busy developing behind the scenes uh so we are still here and of course anything with worldwide shelf will include the wonderful podcast as well so make sure you keep listening to us on spotify apple and we will introduce you to all the lovely features that are coming up very soon uh, in the next couple of weeks um, so thank you for guys for listening uh, from from Wembley to Kingsmeadow to Stamford Bridge wherever we play Chelsea women always win and we'll keep